home. So, and my wife is not here today. Alice, um, so she's, she's developed this sort of coffee cold thing. And, and we were up this morning before I came. I come very early and she gets up and she's coughing and, and uh, she's like, I want to go to church, but I just don't think I can, you know, do you think, she asked me, do you think I'm infectious? And then I sort of went to write about me. Well, I hope not. I've been, you know, around you the last few days. So uh, I'm hoping it's a no, but she goes, I just can't sit there and cough and everything. So I said, okay, I'll tell them that, that you're not feeling great. But she said to say hi and she watched the, she was watching the live stream. I don't know if she's watching again, but hi, um, love you. But we had that, so I, I thought I'd tell you a quick story. So we were, this weekend we went Thursday up to Miami. Uh, so as well as being pastor here, the, you know, the vineyard, there's 600 vineyards in the United States, there's 3,000 worldwide. And so we, we have some structure and uh, in the United States we're, we're sort of separated into regions and the areas. And uh, I'm an area leader. And so there's 11 churches in the area that I oversee. And it's all South Florida up to, say, Cape Coral on one side and Fort Pierce on the other. And as part of doing that, I, I stay in touch with the, the folks. And then a couple of times a year, I organize a little get-together so we can pray for each other, encourage one another. And so that was, on, that was this last Friday up in Miami because it's kind of central. Uh, and so Alice and I go up a day early because it's too, too hard to get there and driving Friday and coming back. So we drove up Thursday. We had fun and spent the night in a hotel. Friday morning, I wake up and get ready to go to the meeting, and everything's good. It's been a good day, and we've had fun, and I'm putting the luggage in the car, uh, and then we have a little Kia Soul, so it has a hatchback, and I put both suitcases in, and then I go to shut the hatchback, and as I'm doing that, I'm walking around to the side of the car to put something else in the door, and I don't give myself enough room, and I slam the hatchback into my head. So I don't know if you can see that or not. And then, and, and, you know, you ever do anything stupid to yourself? And I'm trying to process what just happened. And I, I've closed that hatchback lots of times without hitting myself in the head. And then, I'm, and then you have to do the quick inventory of how badly am I really hurt. Because sometimes you catch a little break when you've hurt yourself pretty bad, you know. And, oh, well, maybe that's not so bad. And then you have to... So I'm, I'm sort of measuring that. And then I'm wondering, well, is it bleeding? And I, I, sure enough, it's bleeding. And I'm like, well, that's never good. And, but I'm not dizzy or anything. So I kind of pull it together and I go back into the foyer. Alice is in, a, in the foyer at the hotel and she looks at me now this is what's great because so Alice and I have been married forever and, and, uh, and I don't know why it is but sometimes when someone gets hurt when it's a little hurt it's funny you know what I mean <laughs> inappropriately funny I don't know if you've ever experienced that and so she's looking and she can see as I'm walking in cause I'm, that I'm not quite right and she doesn't know what her response should be yet so she's stifling a laugh I can tell because I know my wife really well but she's checking, like, are, are you dizzy? Because I'm bleeding. You know, she can see that. Are you, you know, are you, are you, and I'm saying, no, I think I'm okay. So then she feels free to laugh, you know. And, I'm, I, mean, I, and I have to get up and speak in front of a group of people. And, and everything was great until I've smashed my head. And, you know, I'm trying to get a look at it, and it's bleeding. And, and she goes, well, I could, I could try and put makeup on it. I said, no, I don't want I don't want that. You know what I mean? And it's, it's more bruised. I don't know if you can see it now, but it's more bruised and pronounced. And I... I look and she's she's laughing anyway, and I said, "Well, they think I'm they think I'm doing a Gorbachev impression." <laughs> now that'll be really funny for some of you. If it's not, you need to Google a picture, and uh, and then you'll get it immediately. And so she laughs some more. So anyway, that story really has no bearing on anything other than maybe you notice I got a little bruise on my head, but uh, it's getting better now, and I survived that. And we're back. We had a good meeting. God works it all out in the process, but. Uh, all is well. Let me get one more sip.
Okay. Well, good. I'm going to go a few minutes long, I can tell, because I can't finish in 16 minutes, and that's okay. We're in a series called Be the Church. I'm actually going to end this series today. I could talk about the church probably till Jesus comes back. Um, and I will. It just won't. It'll be called something else. But uh, I wanted you to get out of this series this, that, that you would understand that, that church isn't something that we do. Church is who we are. We are the church. Right now, and I've said this every week, we're the church gathered corporately. But when you leave the facility in a little bit, you're still the church. You're just the church on mission. And if you'll take that in, it will change you. It will change it the way that you live this life so that we're not compartmentalizing, uh, you know, oh, that's what I do. No, that's who you are. And, and I've said, you know, how amazing is it to, to hang on to this thought that um, we're part of the church. It's, it's 2,000 years now uh, of people just that, that are the church, and we've joined with those who have gone before us. And we're here because of their faithfulness to be the church and for their commitment to preach the good news and to share the gospel and to live this life out. And that we're, we're connected in this most amazing way. And I love to think about it, that, that they're still doing all the things that, you know, that we get to do. They're worshiping and they're fellowshipping even though they've gone before us. But there's this one piece that we have that's ours now to be faithful to, and that's this piece of mission. That, that we're called now to go and be the ambassadors, to share this good news, to live this life out in a way that makes a difference in the world around us. And that, you know, we're, we're part of that whole story of acts that's happening and God is moving still and the Holy Spirit is active and things are changing and lives are being changed. I, I, I just look around and I, I love to see lives being changed. I have the, 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 the joy of being part of here for so long now and watching, you know, everything that takes place and, and what God has done in the lives of people and how, how amazingly cool that is on this journey so we're the church and, and we, we need to hang on to that in the process and it's about our relationship with God and our relationships with one another as the people of God and this last few weeks I've been talking about our relationship with the future people of God that's the idea of mission and we have to understand this idea of mission because it's where we find life this is this is what we're called to this is our purpose and, and the church needs to be aware of it and, and engage in it because that's where we're going to experience Jesus in, in the ways in our life in amazing ways so we're looking at that. And last week I, I talked about um, the, the, the story of the lost son, the, the prodigal son. One of my favorite stories. And we looked at the heart of the father. And, and let me just review. Because remember, if you, the, the story was that this son had just told his father basically he couldn't wait for him to die any longer. Give me my inheritance. And he took it off and he blew it. And he comes back and he goes, I know I'm not, I know I can't be your son, but, but would you let me be one of your servants? And the father hasn't even heard him say that because when he was a long way off, he saw his son because he was looking for him. And the father goes running to the son. It's the heart of the father. You, you need to make sure that you see that. And it would have, it would have broken every sort of, you know, um, thing, you know, rule and regulation and everything of how, you know, you were supposed to act as, you know, the, the patriarch and everything because the father, he would have been wearing a robe he would have to hitch that robe up to run and he went running to the son and, and it's the heart of the father because the, this one that was lost has, was coming back, the, the one who had gone, it wasn't about what he'd done or what he'd said or any of that mess it was about the fact that he was returning he was coming home, he had been basically dead and now he was going to be alive again and that this is the heart of the Father. And it's the heart that He wants us to have as people of mission. And, and I, I said this last week, and we're going to look at it. The, the thing that we have to be so careful of in the church is that the older brother has a completely different response. This one who comes back. And, and 
the church has a tendency to be more like the older brother than to express the heart of the Father. And we have to battle it. We have to fight against it. And so we, we talked about the hospitality of God last week and the amazing grace of God. And that's what we need to walk in. And you need to experience this grace. You know, as we were praying, I just I felt like the Lord was saying to me, and so I want to say it right now, that there's people who hear, who hear this morning, and um, you, you're in a battle. Like every time you come, the enemy tries to tell you you're not good enough. Um, he he sort of reviews places where you fell short during the week, and, and you take that all in. And I just felt like the Father heart of God for you was grace. Just amazing grace. Just the, that God is so happy that you're here. That God is so happy that you're His child. That God's not looking at your mess like that. That He just is, is overjoyed that you're, you're part of the family of God. And some of you need to drink that in today. And just, just don't let the enemy go after you like that. Just, none of us is perfect. None of us has arrived. But God, because of His amazing grace, His goodness, not ours, that's what makes this relationship happen. And rest in that. Find life in that. Because that's what has to flow through you to make a difference on mission because if you're just letting yourself get beat up all the time you, you too quickly become a rule follower and get critical and just when it starts to come on you just say no that's not for me God loves me imperfect as I am this is his goodness not mine that's the heart of the father so we need to dig into that today and, and what that's all about that was kind of a long intro I had two stupid jokes because I have to, or people will say something. Did you ever notice that bankers tend to keep to themselves? They're, they're loners by nature. Isn't that terrible? This one's worse, but I like this one. Science. Science is now saying that birthdays are healthy for you. Apparently, people who have more live longer. <laughs> they're both bad. I'm, I'm moving on. Scripture reading. So this is the, the back half of the story that we talked about last week. This is in Luke 15:25 and following. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I want you to see what was going on there. See, see, the father, the father's heart wasn't, oh, this is what you said and this is what you did and this is how bad you are. And, and all the father, we have to be glad and celebrate this one who was lost is found. He's back. He's reconnected to the family. This is a joyous, joyous event. But the older brother just didn't care about, well, look, it's all about what you've done. And then it's all about what I've done. God, look at all I've done for you. Look how good I've been. Look at how, and, and you don't do any of those things for me. And the father, and check this out too. Remember I said the father went running to the lost son but the love of the father doesn't stop there it goes after the older son too 
He left and went after the older brother. And he said, Luke, you're, you're missing it. Everything I have is yours. You're in the family. You've got it. Just ask. It's all yours. But when someone comes back who's been lost, we rejoice. We celebrate. It's the heart of the Father to rejoice in, in people coming back. It's the, it's the reason that we exist as the church. It's this mission of helping people that are lost and bound and stuck in captivity and darkness come into light and know life. And so we, we have to get that and get a hold of it. And that's what's happening in this story and what's going on. I said last week that, that, you know, it's about kingdom hospitality is what we're talking about. That's what mission is. It's welcoming people back. And that, that this is all done. It's the grace of God that makes it possible. That word grace is, uh, in, in the original language in Greek is charis. And it, it means more than unmerited favor. We kind of get stuck there. Uh, it's, it's something, this grace is something that brings joy. It brings pleasure. It causes us to be thankful. See, and as his kids, we should experience in our lives a measure of joy. And, and I don't, not this fake pretend joy or, or that everything has to be perfect all the time because it's not. It's a fallen world on a broken planet. We go through things. But because we're his kids, because we've stumbled into the, it's, uh, the best deal in the universe of eternity with God and that, that he's welcomed us home, there should be always this measure of joy in our lives. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, joy is listed second. Love, joy. It, it's that important. And, and too many people in this life this we have don't experience joy. And it's because you, you sort of get stuck in, in thinking, well, it's all about the rules. And I got to, oh, now I've messed up again. And the guilt comes on you. And, oh, and then and if you feel like you're messing up, you're going to judge everybody else. You're going you're to look for somebody that you're doing better for. You're going to miss the whole point. It's this just resting in and understanding and experiencing the grace of God in our own lives the power of the Holy Spirit to change us over time and letting all of that flow through us into the world around us so that's this picture that we need to know and so uh, here's some questions are we living for God or for us that's, that's point number one in your notes are we living for God or for us See, as, as believers, as I said, we're a people of mission. And if we don't embrace mission, we don't experience the fullness of life that Jesus has come for us to have. We have a, we have a purpose. Uh, and it's this idea of mission. And, and I love to think about it this way, because, because this is how the church is named. But, but beyond that, see, the reality is that we are called to enter a vineyard. And we're to labor in a vineyard with others and for others. I'm saying that because of the, the story I'm about to share with you. But um, this, and we've done this before, but this is in Matthew 20. And to me, it's one of the most heart-revealing parables that there is about how we're at in expressing the Father's heart on this journey. Let's look at the story together. Matthew 20, verse 1 and following. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. And he agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he said, you also go and work in my vineyard. I'll pay you whatever is right. And so they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. And at about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he said, why have you been standing around all day doing nothing? And uh, come on. Because they, uh, no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to 
the first. And the workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received the denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you. Friend, didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Now, when I think about that story, here's the thing that you need to do. You need to put yourself in the position of the one who was hired first in this parable. You're the first worker of the day. All right, and then ask yourself these couple of questions. A, how does that parable make you feel? How does it make you feel? Because this is very telling. And, and I think, and be, and be honest with yourself, this is what I try and do. So here's the deal. Here's, here's how I think you, know, you would feel. Um, you're excited as you start the day to get a job. Because you've got commitments and you need to provide for your family and you, it's all about eating and, and surviving and all those things and you you just went to a place you know hoping you get a job and here comes a guy gives you a job and gives you a very good wage for the day's work. He said, you want to work for Denarius? Yeah, it was a great it was a great deal, Denarius for a day's work. Yes, and you start. I'm going to be able to provide for my family today. This is so amazing. This is so great. And off you go to work, and throughout the day. More people keep showing up. And that's cool, too, because they're helping you out and you're pretty happy. Hey, they got some work. That's good. And, and throughout the day and even the very last hour that you're going to have to work, kind of, you know, everything changes that last hour. And, you know, there's cleanup to do and you're tired and everything. And look, there's more people to help us. This is great. Everything's really good. I think about that. And then they start getting paid. And, and, and you've worked all day in the sun. And one of the ones that, that you're watching, you, you know, hey, they were only here for that last hour and they get paid a denarius. And because of the way that we start to think about things, we think, well, that's cool. I should get way more than that. I've worked eight times that much or ten times that much or twelve times that much. Right? And then when it comes for you to get paid, you get a denarius. And suddenly, it doesn't seem like the great deal it was when you started. Right? That's the whole deal. Is, is This is about the heart of God and what the heart of God looks like. And, and can we rejoice at that point when, but what about all I've done, God? What about my performance? Look about how hard I've worked. What about, what about, what about? See, the second thing you have to ask yourself, what do you think Jesus' reaction would be? And here's what changes everything. Because I'm, I'm, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. I, obviously, I can't speak for Jesus, but these are my thoughts, knowing Jesus and watching Jesus as he does. Jesus would be excited that those people who'd only been there an hour got a full day's pay because they, they were there all day looking for work and they were at that point in their life when they were going to have to think, you know, I'm going to have to go home with nothing. I can't provide for my family. I can't. And, and all of a sudden, at the last moment, comes this, this glimmer of hope and they get a job and they got a denarius. Can you imagine what was going on? There's just the, the excitement that was taking place. Those people would be like, yes. And, 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 and Jesus, when it was his turn and he got, he wouldn't have been upset. He would have been blessed that his efforts went to help and bless these other people because he got to enter, engage in that relationship with them. That, that celebration was his as well, because this is so cool that this is happening. See, and that's the heart of the father. But culturally and all sorts of other ways and our ideas of fairness and everything else will make us like that older brother so quick. And, and we can't be effective there. We can't make it there. 
Do you know, one of the things that I do all the time when, and, and this is a great question, I hope you'll pick this up. Maybe you don't take anything else. Take this, take this question. Um, when I'm feeling annoyed with someone or something, maybe none of you ever experienced that. So just, you can check out for a minute. Or I'm feeling critical or judgmental. You all know what that feels like, right? Here's what I've learned to ask myself. Huh, am I being like the older brother now? Or is this the father's heart? And I, I'm, unfortunately, it's almost always an older brother response. And I shut it down. So God, shut it down. I don't want it. I don't, nope, nope. I'm not going with it. I just, I want to have that other heart. I want to, I want to have the heart that welcomes people in their mess. Because I, do you remember being, a, I'm still a mess. I, to come, this is what it's all about. I want you to know Jesus. When I met Jesus, it was the most amazing thing, and it's still the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me every day. I just want you to know Jesus. That's it. And, and then, you know, you come to know Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes, and He starts working on all that huge mess in all of us. He does it. It's always His goodness. It's about His goodness. That's the grace of God. He's good because He's good, not because of our goodness, which never is right. His goodness, that's grace. And so I love to look at that story and think about it. And I'm reminded this, that it's not all about me. That's point number two. I'm going to do these last two points quick. It's not all about me. Always, whenever I say that, listen, it is some about me. That's good news. It's just not all about me. I'm not the center of the story. He is. And, and we have to make that connection. Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, let me read you 48 and 49. The first man, Adam was made out of earth and people since then are earthy that's us the second man that's Jesus was made out of heaven and people now can be heavenly and so in the same way he says that we worked from our earthy origins with all of the energy that we put in to to, we excelled at sin (laughs) and self-centeredness and self-contempt and other contempt and all those things with all the energy with all the gusto that we live that life it says now listen in that same way we've worked from our earthy origin let's embrace our heavenly ends let's press into this life that we have in Christ all in let's know that, that he's God and he's good and we can trust him let's get ourselves out of the center of that story because anytime that we're the center of the story and he's not we don't experience life there's no there's no joy when you're the center of the story, there's just not. We, and we think, see the problem is we think if we're not the center of the story, we can't experience life. And it's the opposite. It's one of those big you know, shifts that we have to make. He's got to be the center of the story for us to experience life. It has to be about Him. And, and we allow that to flow through us. His grace, His love, and everything in the process. And, and then thirdly, listen, don't miss, don't miss the grace of God. Don't miss the grace of God. For you. Let's start with you. Don't miss it for you. Know His grace. Know that He's got you, that He's with you, that He's for you, that He loves you, that you're His child. The grace of God. So that you can receive His grace and allow His grace to flow through you. The writer of Hebrews said this, so powerful in Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. So that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. 
I think so often because we miss the grace of God, we shift from understanding it was all about His grace to all of a sudden it's about us trying to follow the rules and get it all right and we get all performance oriented so we get all critical and judgy and things start to annoy us. It's because we miss the grace of God and this bitterness grows up in us and that's that bitterness, it says, causes trouble and defiles many. It stops people from making their way in. They, <laughs> do you, do you know that grumpy isn't attractive? <laughs> or hospitable? If someone comes and meets grumpy, guess what? They don't want to come back. Don't miss the grace of God. You need it. I need it. We need it. They need it. Everybody needs it. But it causes trouble if we miss it. it keeps us from being people of mission. And so allow His grace to just flow over you and flow through you in this process, knowing that you can trust Him and the Holy Spirit is working in you and He cares about you and He's going to be with you and He's going to help through all this mess. Because if we don't rest in the grace of God, we get bitter and we miss life. This is an amazing life that we have. There's no life like it. The life of Christ is amazing life. God's given us His grace. All that's different is we've responded it We've responded to His grace ahead of the rest, not instead of the rest. And we stay in that place, and that's where we experience life. So let me just encourage you to do that. Just get in that spot and stay there and understand how amazing this journey is and the love that He has for you and just rest in it. And if you feel yourself getting annoyed or critical or judgmental, ask that powerful question. God, is this this you or is it me being the older brother? And then respond in, in kind. That's where we find life and make a difference. Amen? Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over that wall are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll make sure you get it. But let me pray for you as a group, and then we can dismiss. Papa, thank you for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome God. Thank you for your grace, life-changing grace. Let us be people who rest in that grace and then extend it into the world around us. Let our hearts reflect yours and and not become like the older brother. And God, use us in this place. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. Let hundreds and thousands of people come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. ask that you'd bless them with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more, just one more lost child back to you today, just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, the folks over there pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations. If, if that thing that I talked about earlier hits you on Sundays, about that whole guilt thing and how you've messed up, let, let someone pray for you so that you can be free from that. It's such an attack. And, it's, and for anything else that you need prayer for, ask somebody. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today too. So amazing, this opportunity we have. It's humility and faith. And humility is just getting before God and admitting that you're, you're a mess, you're broken, you've sinned like everybody else. 
Asking Him forgiveness, which He'll do. And then, in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed that prayer, simple prayer like that, do it today. Best decision you'll ever make. If you need help, just go over there and say, I, I want to know Jesus. He'll know exactly what you mean. That you doing that touches off a party in heaven. It's the heart of the Father wanting to welcome you home. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, make sure you get it before you go. If you're going to stay in our breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided, everybody that makes that possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service, God. You are indeed an awesome and amazing and good, good Father. Praise God from whom all... and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, be kind to one another in the parking lot. Drive safely. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.